Hi there and welcome to Raising Resilient Teens, the podcast version. My name is Sasha Lester and I'm so grateful you're here with me today, where we talk about all things teenagers, raising teenagers and the joys that go with it. With that, let's kick it off. Hello there and welcome to another episode of Raising Resilient Teens. My name is Sasha Lester and I know that there are going to be a lot of you out there that will relate to what I'm going to talk about today. Kids going missing. Now, remember when they were younger and you'd be in that department store and you'd look around and they'd be gone? Just two steps from where you were, there they'd be just looking at um, some fancy sparkly shoes or, or a book in the book aisle. Or when you're the auntie to two of the older kids tasked with looking after them at, a, um, at Movie World and quite simply lose them for maybe half an hour to an hour because they decided to line up for another ride without telling you and your sister proceeds to lose her shit and here you are thinking that, oh, my God, I have lost to these kids forever. And meanwhile, you're just making a dash like – your sister's running around like a like a mad woman. Okay, okay, fair enough. It's my sister. My sister's running around like a mad woman, screaming at me, yelling at me. Why can't you find them? Where are they? Where did you last see them? And in my head, I'm racing for the front gate, pretending to stop everyone in their tracks from leaving because you know, oh my god, you might have two kids stuffed in your backpack. And the end result is that four minutes later they come walking at you with two ice creams because they had some spare money that they'd been given going, do you want some? Now, that is a true story for the, um, for the laughs. It, um, it did end well. And then there was the time that your mother momentarily misplaced one of your offspring at the shopping centre but didn't think to let you know as you might worry. Well, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm going to worry. We've all had these times, I'm sure of it, whether we want to admit it or not, at one point in time, we would have lost our children for for like an instant and you're scared shitless and you immediately jump to thinking the worst and assuming the worst. Someone's taken them. They're gone forever. I'll never see them again. And this is not to cast shade on the children that actually get taken. That's a totally different subject. These are, this is me just talking about losing your kids because they're meant to be at a location and they're not. So with a lot of my podcasts, I'm here to tell you and to reinforce to you, to everyone that's listening, that you're not alone. And as hard as it is when they're like they're five years old or 10 years old or even two, the pain is still no different when they're teenagers. I used to always refer to Addie as my floggable child. 
and that's not whips and chains type stuff. She was a skinny kid and she still is and she didn't weigh very much. She was just very pick upable. Pick up, throw her in the back of, back of the car, you wouldn't see her for dead. So there was a lot of things that I wouldn't let her do, like I wouldn't let her walk home from school or I wouldn't let her walk from A to B because of those, mm, sorry, you're too floggable, I'll just drive you. Because I was petrified. I was petrified of what was going to happen at that point in time. And oh, funny story, one day very early on, Harry came to me and he said, Mum, can I pick up Addie from school tomorrow? Can I meet her at the corner and can we walk home together? I can do this. And I'm like, I don't know, Harry, can you? And he's like, yeah, I can. If she walks down from school and she waits for me at the dentist on the corner near the lights, I will be there when she comes down and I will have my phone and then we'll, we'll just walk home. And I'm like, okay, no worries. And it was kind of like a, you know, do I do I let him go to the next level of responsibility? And I kind of felt he was ready. And I'm like, okay, no worries. That's fine. But once you've got Addie in your hot little hands, please message me because you know I stress. And he's like, yep, yeah, mum, no worries. That'll be fine. As soon as I got her, I'll message you. So I was working at this point in time. I was in town. So a good 40 minutes away, push comes to shove. And it came to about 3.30. So I was, I was sitting at, at my desk waiting for the phone call, waiting for it to all come in. And he calls me and it's like, oh, hey, darling, have you got Addie? And he's like, um, no, we did say the dentist, didn't we? And I'm like, yes, Harry, where is she? Well, I'm at the dentist, mum, and she's not here. I'm like, no, Harry, where is she? But she's not here, mum. I don't know where she is. I think in about 10 seconds flat, I was halfway out the door, down the escalator, and into an Uber home. I'd called my ex. I'd called my in-laws. I'd called everyone under the sun. I called the school. Like, this was all happening in my head super quick, and I was just about to hang up because I'd reached that, okay, I've just got to do shit. And I hear this giggling in the background and I'm like, is that Addie? And he's like, yeah, oh, Addie, you could have kept it going. We nearly had it. We had it really good. And I'm like, oh, my God, kids. Kids, they don't get it and they don't actually get it really at any age that they should, but they don't. They should get the amount of angst and worry that their parents are feeling, but they don't. They don't understand. And you know what? They're kids and and that's okay. So this is all leading up to my next story, which is very, very fresh in my mind. So this weekend just gone – Addie wanted to go down to what I thought she said was watch her friend play AFL, but I'd misheard her say that she was going down to play AFL. And I was in the office, I was doing something, I had just started doing it, and she said, Mum, can you take me down to the AFL field now? 
I'm like, well, could you give me seven minutes? Because I just want to finish this. She's like, no, I've got to leave now. And part of me was like, really, Addie, do you have to leave right now? And the other part of me was, adds, if you need to leave right now, can you possibly take your bike? Can you bike right there? She's like, oh, yeah, good idea. Okay, I'll take my bike. So she's on a bike. She's out the garage door. She's off. She's off and running. Prior to her leaving, I said to her, Addie, once you get there, can you please just send me an SMS to let me know that you've arrived safely and we'll go from there. Yes, mum, no worries. Out the door, bang, done. 20 minutes had passed. I'm like, hmm, she should be there. Nope, I'll let her go because she's not that athletic. She sails, but she's not that athletic. So I thought it might have taken a little bit longer. So I gave her to about half an hour and come the half hour, 35 minute mark, I'm starting to worry. So then I start the process of sending her an SMS, calling her a number of times, calling her again and again, sending another SMS. Where the fuck are you, Addie? Like, what are you doing? After about 40, 45 minutes, it was the point of, no, I'm really not comfortable with this. I'm I'm not happy with where this is going. So I locked locked the house up. I didn't lock the back door. So Teddy could have got out or someone could have got Anyway, I didn't lock the back door, jumped in the car because in my head I just had visions of coming down to the AFL field, seeing Addie, watching her friend play, seeing her bike there, watching her on her phone doing something, doing some TikTok, and I would just turn around and go home and she would never be none the wiser. But instead, I got down to the AFL field and I couldn't find her. I couldn't see her bike. I couldn't see her friend. I didn't know anybody on the AFL team, so I didn't know who to talk to. I was walking around aimlessly. People were looking at me going, "Mm, who's this strange weirdo walking around? And I've actually reached stress point right now. We have this app on our phone. It's... um find the find me app or it's something equivalent to live 360 so i had that on my phone already addy had put that on there but do you think for the life of me in that moment i could actually remember the name of the app so i called my mother my mother lives 90 minutes away i called her and i'm like mom what's the name of that find my person app and she's like oh well And she's like, what's wrong? I said, I've lost Addie. Can you just find her? Tell me where she is. So she's got everyone connected. Thank God. And so she was like, yep, she's here at this location. I'm like, okay, no worries. So then then I found the app myself. And this is where it starts to get even more worrying. Because once I found the app on my phone and pinpointed my daughter, It had the exact location, and I know the locations are off sometimes and they're not totally 100% accurate, but when I saw her exact location as a toilet block, I started to stress. And I was walking around this toilet block, which was a good 20, 25 metres away from her other change rooms, I suppose, and I was going into this toilet block and going into the changing rooms. I was yelling out and I was calling her name and I was thinking, but hang on, maybe if she's been beaten up and she's in a corner and she can't hear me, 
So I'm checking out all the locations and all these thoughts, like a million and one thoughts, were going through my mind. I was sick to the stomach and I haven't had that feeling for so many years. Like I was petrified. I didn't know what to think. So I asked some parents, I'm like, oh, do you know where such and such is? And they're like, oh no, she doesn't play on this team. And I'm like, oh my Lord, am I at the wrong location? And then I went to the other change room. I see Addie's friend and I'm like, honey, I've lost Addie. Do you know where she is? And she's like, oh yeah, she's in here. I'm like, really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's been playing. And I'm like, okay, all right, well, can I talk to her right now, please? Like, right now? And she's like, oh, yeah, sure, okay. And I'm pretty sure Addie's friend knew the ramifications of what Addie was about to get into. I didn't lose it at Addie, but I did raise my voice and I said to her very firmly, I just said, Addie, one SMS that all I wanted and you couldn't deliver. One SMS for four or five hours angst and you couldn't deliver. There are other conversations that follow this, but that's not the focus of this particular podcast. My story or my message here today is that you don't stop being a mum. No matter how much crap your kids put you through, you never stop being a mum. You never stop worrying and you will always have their back. And they don't get it, but I do and you do. And that's all that matters. So I hope this podcast has been somewhat entertaining. And I hope it's made you feel that you're not doing it alone because you're certainly not doing it alone. I will catch you again soon. Thank you very much for joining in. Have a great day. Bye. And just like that, it's a wrap. I hope you've enjoyed the last 20 or so minutes and have walked away with some golden nuggets of information. If you'd like to join our Raising Resilient Teens Facebook group, the link will be in the comments. And until next time, ciao!